I want to share with you um, today where God has taken us the past year and give you a little picture into what we believe God wants to do in the coming year. A lot of stuff you'll hear today is actually detailed maybe in greater amount in your bulletin so you can, or your little handout. You can read through that. But Julie and I have been here 22 and a half years in, at this church. It's been a long time. And we really don't look much different than we did when we came here 22 and a half years ago. Actually, you know what? I am so grateful for those of you who've hung with us for all those years. How many of you have actually been here as long as we have or longer? Raise your hand. There's a handful. There's very few people left that uh, have been here as long, which means we're really getting old. But I want to say thank you for growing with us. I know that I've made mistakes. I've grown as a preacher, as a leader. You've tolerated things. You've hung with us. You've sacrificed. The reason we're in this building today is because of sacrifices of people like you. And I'm so excited as I look um, back at what God has done this past year and even more excited as I look forward to what he has in store. I I would say uh, almost unquestionably this has been the best year of ministry since I've been at this church. It's been a phenomenal year. And I want to give you maybe an inside view of why that is. If there's one word that I would use to describe this year, it would probably be the word stability. Stability. This has been a year where it just seems like the, the boats have stopped rocking and we've been settled and we've gotten into some rhythms and some grooves. I mean, in all kinds of areas of our church and the programs that we offer and in our Sunday morning services and our staff, we've, we've gotten into a place where it just feels very stable. And I have to give a lot of credit to our elders for that. Our elders uh, are phenomenal men. I get to see them up close. There, there are seven elders. I'm one of them. Six other men. And they give of themselves voluntarily to this church. They have their own ministries. And then on top of their ministries, they devote themselves to being overseers of this church. You may not know, but we don't have an outside board, an outside denomination. Uh, our elders are responsible for the health of this church. They, they promote the health. They protect the health of this church. And I think they've done a, a really good job. And so I want to say a special thank Thank you to our elders, to Mark Fisher, who's been our chairman the past two years, to Wayne Hinkle and Dan Kasson, Barry Dotson, Tom Downing, and Tom Moore. And I want to ask if any of those men are here in this service right now, would you stand up? If any of those elders are here right now, would you stand up? There's Barry right over there. I know they're very humble, and they're always behind the scenes, but, but they are deep in their faith, deep in their love for this church, And when you put them together in a room, there's great wisdom um, and commitment in that room. And we've been blessed as a church. Also, our executive team. Now, many churches our size have an executive pastor that works alongside the senior pastor. And we used to have someone in that position. But since we moved into this building, uh, we eliminated that role and went to a different format. We now have an executive team, a group of people that I rely on to help us process um, decisions and direction as a staff. And so... You probably know all them. Uh, you, have, you have Pastor Sam, which you've met. He preached last week. Brian Tungsets, who's our operations director. Uh, Matt Ross, worship pastor. And Rick Detling, over pastoral care. And this year, those guys have all pulled together. And we've uh, worked hard to, to do things in ministry together. And it doesn't mean there hasn't been disagreements and conflicts and tension. Any, any place where there's movement creates tension, whether it be a team, a business, even in your marriage, Right? There's tension. The difference is, can, can you leverage tension in a way that actually makes you better without destroying each other? And, and that's where many people get afraid of conflict because they see conflict as always negative. Conflict actually can be very good because conflict brings clarity. Conflict helps you resolve issues. 
And so um, when those things come up, we've been able to work together and come up with solutions. And, and I have a greater admiration and love for those guys than ever before because I've watched them build their teams. I've watched them devote themselves to their ministries, and it's been exciting. And uh, it says in Psalm 133 that, um, that when brothers live together in unity, there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. And I believe the favor we've experienced in the church this past year is a direct result of the unity in the leadership at the top. It's the, the, the blessing is cascading down to our congregation. And so we're seeing growth in, in really just about every area of our church life. Let me start with this. Our Sunday morning attendance this past year has averaged 1444, which is, which is a record for this church. It's the highest we've ever had as a, as a church. And We've, we've dipped down a couple years ago. Last year we started to come back up. And then this year it's, it's, it's not significant. It's only 3% growth, but you need to know this. Every year we're losing people to military transfers. And if we did nothing, we would lose, we would lose possibly 5% of our church every year. So we actually have to not only replace those that leave, and then try, but then try to get ground to advance even beyond that. So even to be in this community where we're constantly losing people, just it's like, almost like we're treading water to get ahead of it, and we're seeing positive growth, and that's been a very good sign. I also want to say a thank you to, to Pastor Matt and what he's done with Sunday mornings. We work really hard every week to make this a meaningful experience for you. We pray over the service. We really even look at every element of the service, every song, every transition, every announcement to say we want people to walk out of this service feeling like it wasn't a commercial, wasn't an advertisement for the church. We want it to be an encounter with God. And so the, the, the singing, the meditations, the sermons, the response times are all geared to bring you into a place when you walk out of here, you felt like, I really had an encounter with God today. And I, I have seen that happen over and over again this year, and it's been beautiful. And by the way, Pastor Matt has raised up a young guy named Austin, and Austin's been this young, skinny guy up on stage, plays different instruments, and he's just been phenomenal and such a blessing to us as a church. Also, another, another statistic that shows growth was this year we've had 113, actually now, we've had uh, four more today, a couple last week, so we're up to 120 baptisms for this year already, this average of 10 per month, which is, which is a phenomenal. When we were in our old church building, to have 12 baptisms in a year was a good year. And, and it's become normal for us to have 100-plus baptisms every single year, and that's exciting. One of the coolest things this year was 13 people were baptized down at a YOS facility um, down in Pueblo. And so uh, our prison ministry is a, a great, great outreach down there to, to the men and women in the prison. Also, our new members this year, we have 106 new members, and there should be a few more added to that before the year's end, which is a new high for us over the last several years. Also, in our giving, um, you've been very faithful in giving. We are going to make our budget this year. We're on, pa- we're on pace to make budget, which is, which is a cool thing. It means we, can, we get to do all the ministry. We get to pay all the staff salaries. We get to um, support all the missionaries that we intended to support for the year. In fact, we're going to come a little bit ahead of budget, very likely, for the year, uh, which is exciting because then we get to look at what God wants to do um, with some extra things at the end of the year. So thank you so much for your faithful giving. This year, our budget going ahead is $1.6 million, and it seems like a lot, but to me, that's $1.6 million worth of ministry. And I am glad that to see God, I want to, I want to see God do $2 million, $3 million worth of ministry, because there's nothing greater to invest ourselves in than the work of God in this, um, in this city, in this world. The stability um, in our leadership has flowed into our ministries 
Uh, we're just seeing our ministries get stronger and stronger. A uh, little over a year ago, probably almost a year and a half ago, when we went through some staff changes, we were in a very difficult time. Some of you may remember, we were actually under budget. We were struggling, um, even struggling with our staff, that when we let a, a key staff member go, we couldn't replace that person. We had to reorganize. And part of that restructuring was to, to add adult discipleship to next-gen ministries under Pastor Sam's leadership and call it this new ministry, Family Discipleship Ministries. And uh, Sam's first big challenge was to rebuild that team. And so he hired two young ladies. One was uh, Jessica Janish, uh, who, who oversees our early childhood. Sydney Stoltzfus oversees our elementary ministry. And then he brought back Tanner Wolf, who was an intern with us a year ago in the summer, but this time brought Tanner back after his graduation from Bible college to be with us for a full year. So he's been working alongside um, Pastor Dustin with our student ministries. But probably the biggest change within our next-gen ministry was the hiring of Jace Martin. Uh, by the way, Jace is a phenomenal young man. Sam's going to talk about him in a minute. But Sam had, uh, excuse me, Jace had offers to go to a half dozen other churches and chose this church. And part of the reason he chose this church was our heart for special needs kids. And so uh, we are so blessed to have him here. And what's so ironic now is Pastor Sam's the old guy on his team. He's the old guy. But he has a fantastic team. And what it's done is it's freed Sam now to focus on adult ministries, which is a really big focus of his coming into 2018. And it's also allowed Sam to be my primary backup for preaching. And hasn't he done a phenomenal job preaching on Sundays? So let's welcome Sam up here. I'm not that old. <laughs> uh, at least I don't feel that old. Um, yeah, so it's been, uh, it's been a, an exciting, challenging year. Um, for the first six months uh, of this year, um, my team and I were doing twice the work with the same amount of staff that we had last year. Um, uh, and, and I will tell you, could you put that picture of the team back up there, guys? Um, I want to tell you, this team has been amazing. Um, they have been phenomenal. They have worked. Um, you, you cannot imagine the hours that they have put in to make sure that your kids and your students uh, were cared for, to make sure that um, the individuals in this church had what they needed. Um, the, the, just the, the dedication of this team to this church um, is phenomenal. Um, so we are really blessed to have them. Uh, super excited. Uh, Pastor Jace was a big change and a huge relief for me uh, to bring him on. We did not hire him quickly. In fact, we spent uh, a little over six months looking for him, uh, looking for the right person, praying about it. And we had, um, we had uh, a dozen or so applicants for that position, and none of them just seemed quite right. There were some good candidates, uh, but none of them seemed right. And so when God um, showed us uh, Pastor Jace, uh, really, really felt like that was what God was calling us to, and that has proven to be true. Pastor Jace is amazing. I will tell you um, that he is a better children's pastor in year one than I ever was. Um, so he's just gifted to be there. He's in his strength. Um, it, it, this is what God has made him to do, and it's really amazing to see him run um, in that vein. Uh, so what, what we've really focused on there in our children's ministry, um, again, coming back to that word stability, uh, is bringing that stability uh, for our kids. And for kids' ministry with that looks like is small group leaders. And so we've continued in 2017 to focus on training new small group leaders, giving them the right training, the right amount of training, uh, and really bringing that stability in our early childhood and elementary programs to make sure that we have adults who are trained and equipped um, and who love Jesus to be with those kids, to have those 
those relationships, to walk with those kids. That is the heart of what we do. That's the foundation of our kids' ministry. Beyond that, uh, where, uh, and, and I will tell you, Pastor Jason has done a phenomenal job of prioritizing that um, and making sure that we keep that at the forefront, keep that at the center of what we do, that, those relationships with those adults. Beyond that, um, what I've been really impressed with, with Pastor Jace, um, he's uh, taking our children's ministry to the next level. So those relationships are foundational, but then beyond that, we want our, our children's ministry to be a place that is fun, where kids want to be, where it's exciting. Um, and so where Pastor Jace is really starting to step into that and, and um, run with these programs. Uh, we did Jingle Jam uh, on a couple, last Friday, I think it was. Um, Jingle Jam uh, is a program for kids. Um, we do it, it's really a show for kids uh, to introduce them to content concepts of, of uh, Christmas and why it's really important. Um, it's a Christmas party for the whole family. That's what we, we call it. Um, we did Jingle Jam a, a couple of years ago um, when I was in that role, and I think we had uh, maybe 100, 120 people show up for Jingle Jam. It was a lot of fun. It was a great success um, even then. Um, Pastor Jace runs Jingle Jam the first year, and there's 450 people here. <laughs> um, he just does a great job of getting the kids excited about the things about God. And so we're rebranding some things in our ministry, um, take calling our early childhood ministry base camp. It's a foundation for faith. Calling our elementary ministry ascent. We're climbing up that faith mountain. Um, and so you'll see some of that new stuff come out as Pastor Jace continues to run and make those things really super exciting. In our student ministry world, um, really some similar things. We're continuing to focus on uh, those relationships, those small group leaders, pouring into them, making sure we have the right number of small group leaders. We discovered a couple of years ago that um, we had a little bit of a flaw in our system uh, with the priority on small group leaders. We have kids that come into our church um, who their stories would shock you. I mean, you would be a mess in tears if I told you the stories of some of these kids uh, that are showing up on Sunday nights. And what happened, uh, what we saw happening was these kids are coming in super broken and needing a person to love them and hear their story and walk with them and, and really care for them. At the same time, we've got kids who are trying to grow in their relationship with God and go deeper and, and grow deeper in their friendships and their relationships and talk about what's happening in their relationship with God. And what happened was, while these kids who were somewhat stable were trying to have those relationships with their small group leader, the kids that were super broken would show up and and really, because they needed so much, because their needs were so high, um, we had to spend all of our energy and attention, our small group leaders did, on those kids. And so uh, we moved to a system really following a model from CR where we have an open group and a small group. Um, And so those small groups are closed groups and our teenagers have a consistent adult, a consistent group of peers that they can share with, that they can be vulnerable with, that they can really go deep uh, and be honest with in that, in that environment. Um, at the same time, these open groups function for those kids that kind of come in and out who really need um, a pastor to really love them and walk with them or, or a small group leader who's specially trained uh, to really deal with some of those bigger issues. And so what we've done is, is rather than prioritizing one or the other, we've been able to create a student ministry over the last year that really is a great place no matter what phase of life you're in, no matter what your life looks like. And so we've uh, really made it a priority to, to do this and make it so that this is a place where any kid in our community, no matter what their story is, no matter what their situation is, this is a place for them to know God, to say yes to God, and to move forward in their relationship with him. We're really excited about that. Another thing that happens in our student ministry, you might not know about this, 
Uh, Pastor Dustin, uh, and with Tanner being here, has been able to do this a little bit more this year. But Pastor Dustin, uh, several times a year, goes into our public school system, uh, goes into the school and actually teaches um, a course um, for the school system. It's in their health class. um, And he gets to talk about things like abstinence and healthy choices uh, and why that matters uh, beyond because God said so, because there are actually scientific reasons why these are healthy, good choices. Uh, But he gets to connect with students on their turf. And so we're really excited about Pastor Dustin and his um, heart to be in the school system. In 2018, we're looking for new opportunities, more opportunities to get into the, the public school system and, and meet those kids where they are. Super excited about what's happening uh, in our student ministry there. One of the other things that happened uh, this year that's kind of, uh, again, stabilized, we, we piloted it a little bit last year, but this year uh, our Wednesday night program has really taken off. Uh, uh, Wednesday nights, if you didn't know, we have a program here on Wednesday nights. Um, this started because uh, Pastor Darren uh, came to me and said, hey, I want to do a marriage ministry and we need child care. And I said, Pastor Darren, we don't do child care. Um, we don't do child care. Um, so I said, we're going to do something different. We're going to figure out how to do a program for kids. And so um, a little over a year ago, we launched, uh, about a year and a half ago now, we launched um, our Wednesday night program for kids and students. Um, elementary and middle schoolers have a, a program that happens here on Wednesday nights while, ki- while their parents uh, are being invested in, in their marriage through re-engage or if they're in the Financial Peace University class. Um, and so we started with that, um, giving these kids a place, again, focused on small group, focused on that relationship, reinforcing what God is saying and teaching them. Um, and that's happening. And then our student ministry, those middle schoolers that are here on Wednesday nights, Really, we we said, hey, our middle schoolers don't actually need another opportunity to learn. They don't need another classroom environment. They don't need another lesson. What they need is a chance to practice and somebody that says, you can do this. And so our middle school ministry has focused on really serving. Uh, And so our middle schoolers have, uh, on Wednesday nights, uh, they come and they actually engage in um, serving in different capacities. So they'll they'll do things um, for, they're writing Christmas cards, I think this year, uh, this Wednesday, they're writing Christmas cards for um, people in nursing homes and soldiers that are deployed. They're engaging in things around the building. They help decorate um, all of these things that you see up here. Our middle schoolers help do that uh, for the church. And so we're engaging them and actually living out their faith on Wednesday nights. It's a great time uh, to be there. The other thing that happened on Wednesday nights is we um, added a parenting class. Um, That wasn't my idea, by the way. Somebody from our church came to me and said, hey, I have this class. I see a need. Maybe we can find a solution to work together. And we did. Uh, The parenting class has been hugely successful. Uh, We've got story after story about parents who are finding better ways uh, to engage their kids, better way to motivate their kids, better ways to move forward. Uh, In 2018, we're hoping to add a second class that will really talk about how do you bring faith into your home? How do you as the parent engage your kids with faith? Uh, We're super excited about that happening on Wednesday nights. The last thing I'm going to tell you about is adults. Uh, What about adults? We did family ministry, right? We moved from adults and kids to family. Where's the adult part of this? Uh, Well, I'll be honest with you. We've had a little bit of trouble gaining some traction uh, in some of our adult areas. Uh, One of the areas we have been successful, though, is with life groups. Uh, When I came into the position uh, a year ago, we had 13 life groups that were meeting in homes consistently. Uh, 13, and some of those had been meeting for a long time. Some of those were fairly new, but 13 groups uh, is what we had. Um, As of today, I have 12 groups established Uh, 12 new groups, I'm sorry, meeting, and that sounded really bad. We had 13, now we have 12. Uh, What I meant to say is, as of today, we have a total of 25 groups uh, that are meeting uh, that will, um, some of those are going to actually start in January, but we have 25 groups established uh, that will be meeting in homes, um, discipling one another, walking together in faith. So we've almost doubled the number of groups along with all of these other things. Finally, um, what God has shown me in the last couple of months has really given me uh, a vision and a direction for our men's ministry and our women's ministry, um, and kind of 
I have an idea of where those things are going, what God is calling us to do, and so I'm super excited about going into 2018 and launching those things, uh, creating those things that God has shown me what we're going to do. And the last thing I'll say is I have loved uh, preaching for Darren uh, while he's out. I have loved your acceptance of me, and I just want to say thank you uh, for giving me a shot, for this young kid, young kid, giving this young kid a shot. Thanks, guys. Still trying to teach the young kid how to use some notes. <laughs> hey, uh, I want to tell you also on Wednesday nights, um, marriage ministry has been a, a burden and a passion of mine for many, many years. And uh, if you're getting sick of hearing about marriage ministry, good. That means we're, we're, we're making progress because, because I've been a witness from the time I was a children's pastor all through ministry, wat- watching marriages um, struggle to bring Christ into the home. And as much as we may try to do things here on Sundays, if, if Jesus isn't Lord of the marriage, um, the whole family suffers for it. And so it's, it's a driving passion of mine. I watch it in our own lives. I watch it in my kids. There's nothing more important to me than seeing Jesus at the center of those relationships so that they grow old in Christ together and the, and the kids see it modeled in the home. And so we finally came across a program a little over a year ago that we believe was right for our church. It's called Reengage. It's a 17-week discipleship program helping couples learn to bring Jesus into their marriage. It's based on a similar model Pastor Sam talked about, small groups. You get with a small group, and you share what God's teaching you about different areas of your marriage. And we've watched marriages turn around. Some marriages on the brink of separation, divorce, have turned around. Some who've lost the joy have regained the joy. Um, they, they just learned to communicate better, and they've learned to, to work together better. And so this past year, we've had over 70 couples, when we include the leaders, who've actually gone through re-engaged together. My desire would be that every single married couple in our church goes through it at least one time within their lives. Your marriage is worth it. Your marriage is worth it. And so this year we also added on a next step. We started doing, we tried a date night to see how that'd go over, and it was fantastic. We had a great date night with Pastor Ted Cunningham, and uh, it went so well. We're going to do a couple date nights next year. We're trying to get Pastor Ted to come back next fall to do a marriage um, conference for us, and we just believe God has more in store for marriage ministry. And someone talked to me about a month ago and said, Pastor, am I, we just keep hearing about marriage ministry. Can we move on to something else, or, or can we not focus so much on it? And I said, no, we will always focus on it, because it has to be. It's not that marriages are the only thing, but you know what? If you've gone through a broken marriage... I wish the church would have been there to help your marriage make it. And if you're someone who's not yet married but want to be married, I hope your marriage can be built on a solid foundation with Christ at the center. I know, I know not everybody fits into marriage ministry at the time, but we have to have a place that's reversing this tide in our culture to destroy our marriages. And so that's, that's one of the passions and the directions of our church. I want to share with you pastoral care for a little bit. Um, we have a uh, pastoral care ministry. Uh, a lot of it takes place in our care center, which is just down below here. And by the way, churches from around the city come to our care center to see what we're doing. They, they, are, they are kind of in awe of what is happening down here with our care center. And we have actually another church, a sister church, Sunnyside Christian Church, that's leaning on Pastor Rick to help them establish a care center at their church. 
This past year, um, tens of thousands of dollars of, of support went out to help with rent assistance, utilities assistance, helping people with food. You saw the food boxes we put together for Thanksgiving. Well, that goes on every single week through our food pantry, where boxes of food go out to families. You can read the numbers in your book of how many um, hundreds of families have been helped by our food pantry, but it's a significant ministry, and we're grateful for it. We also have a significant counseling ministry. We have 13 interns that work for us and do counseling. This year, we'll have um, done over 1,900, maybe close to 2,000 counseling appointments. And Pastor Rick said that the average cost of a counseling appointment in our city is $85. That translates to over $160,000 worth of ministry our church provides through the counseling. Also through our um, pastoral care ministry, we have well care classes, healing journey. Um, We have Celebrate Recovery, which is a fantastic ministry to help people that have hang-ups and habits in their life trying to work through. It's a fantastic ministry every single Friday night. We have divorce um, care. We have grief share. Um, We have... Life's Healing Choices. I mean, all kinds of classes that are being offered. Financial Peace University to help people get on track financially, all through our pastoral care ministry. So it's amazing. Uh, And missions. I don't have time to go into a lot of detail of missions. We've had a lot of missionaries travel through our church this year. You've gotten to see people like Raheem and and Ben and Heidi Fisher. But this year, Scott and L. Price retired from their ministry in Tanzania. This church was their primary support for 18 years. And I want you to know this that because of us sending the prices there, supporting them there, sending teams there, helping to build buildings there, there are now over 126 churches planted in the bush of Tanzania that didn't exist before. Isn't that amazing? Scott, Scott gave me a list of the, of the actual tribes. I can't pronounce them. They're like, Wanakidu, uh, well, we, I mean, it's, it's all over the map. I don't even want to try, but there's... There's 31 different people groups that we started churches in, and some of those have have planted multiple churches. The whole church planting ministry of of their work has been significant. And then about five years ago, Scott and Elle transitioned to start BUV Tanzania, Basic Utility Vehicle, which is a production company produced these vehicles that allow people to have a, a, a vehicle that allows them to transport things so that they can run their own business. And why that's so important is because in order to break the cycle of poverty in a lot of these cultures, they need employment. They've got, they've got to have a way to make money, and BUV is making that possible. And so we're so grateful. Sometime this next year, we're going to have a night where we're going to celebrate what Scott and Elle have done in Tanzania and just recount all, all the incredible things that God has done through them. And as they're retiring, we're watching younger people go to the field. Right now, we have two young people, Amanda Fisher and Josh Chemnitz, who are working with Youth with a Mission and, and doing work with them and really testing out to see where God has um, called them for the future of their lives. So it's exciting to see what God is doing in our global missions, through our local missions. Um, it's, it's wonderful. God's at work all over the place. Now, another area I wanted just to highlight for a moment, because I think it's significant too, is when we hired Bill Delaney on our staff, Bill likes to get things done. And if you know Bill, he, he's just like an energizer bunny. So... We're going to show you a bunch of pictures of the projects of 2017. There were more than I actually even realized. But when you drive in the church property, they had to dig out the fountain, redo that, fix that, rebuild the area around the fountain. You saw the whole parking lot out here on the side was repaved this year, restriped. Um, some of you probably have noticed over on this side, there's a little prayer area with a soldier uh, bent over. And that's to call us to be praying for our military and praying for the, 
people in our church that have lost loved ones. And so there's a little prayer area there. This whole east side parking lot uh, was regraded and, and new uh, rock put down there. The berm done differently. Split rail fencing. The retention pond over here that was in disrepair has been rebuilt. And, and you see tractors moving rocks all the time and sheds moved down there because they were kind of unsightly up there by the edge of the property. Now they're kind of hidden down here on the lower part. I mean, internally, light bulbs have been changed all through the building from, from uh, uh, trans... What are they called? No, not incandescent. Fluorescent. Fluorescent. And now, now they're, they're LEDs, and they're saving us hundreds of dollars in utilities. The next-gen foyer, the next-gen hallways, the walls, all the repainting, all the new flooring. I mean, I could go on and on of all the things. And the reason these are all important um, are, are for three reasons. One is we want to be good stewards of what God has given us. We want to take care of the, of the place and the resource of the building God has given us. We want it to last a long time. There's an evangelistic value to it. When people drive onto a campus and it looks pretty, it communicates something about what we value. If, if we care about the, the buildings and the grounds, we must surely care about people really well. And so when people drive on and they see that, it says something about our church values. But also it allows us to do better ministry. When you have a room that's clean, that's well, where things are working, you can do better ministry in it. I want to tell you this. This is just a little peek into it. But we are in just a really good position that the elders have recently approved us moving forward with the next phase of expanding this campus. And so you're going to hear more in about three months about what that is. But we've already hired an architect to help us design something that's going to allow us more space to do more ministry. And it's exciting to be in that place. That's because we're healthy. We're in a a good place to look forward to the future. Well, let me share with you where we're going next year, 2018. Now, this past year, we had some goals to improve um, prayer life, to encourage you to be in church more frequently, to reverse the trend of people skipping church more and more, to actually reverse that and get you in church more and more. Honestly, um, even though attendance has gone up, we've not changed that trend. We're still seeing people come fewer and fewer times a week. That's going to be something we're going to constantly fight, but we're going to do everything we can to reverse that and make Sunday mornings meaningful. We've watched prayer grow in our church. We've had quarterly prayer um, sessions with 100-plus people gathered together for prayer. I lead a Thursday morning prayer group that went from uh, you know, six to eight people now is running 15 to 18 people on Thursday mornings at 6 o'clock in the lobby. You're welcome to join us any Thursday for prayer. Also, as Sam said, the, getting people into small groups where they can study the Bible together uh, almost doubled the number of small groups this past year. So that's a good thing. But as our executive team went aside this past year and really looked at where do we need to go for 2018, there was this, this overwhelming unity that we need to focus once again on discipleship. And it makes sense because Jesus gave this command before he left this earth. It's found in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so we're called to make disciples. We need to make followers of Jesus. And so our challenge this year is to help every one of you grow in at least one area of discipleship. So what are the areas of discipleship? Well, you can look at prayer, Bible, witnessing, serving, giving, marriage. I mean, all kinds of areas. And we believe that we have to develop two things. 
Um, and these two things not only will help us this year, but actually will build a foundation for years to come. And so one of those is this, an assessment tool. It's going to be uh, very likely an online questionnaire that you can go through, spend about maybe 15 minutes taking a series of of questions and answering them to help us determine where you are spiritually. For example, under the area of Bible, you may encounter questions like these. I know the major themes of the Bible. I understand the uniqueness and different styles of the biblical books. By the way, there are different styles. There's poetry, there's history, there's letters, those kind of things. I'm familiar with the books of the Bible and can find verses. I have a confident understanding of the core biblical teachings. I follow a regular Bible reading and study plan. I've memorized at least 10 important Bible verses. I mean, questions like that will help assess where are you in relationship to the Bible? Maybe in the area of like witnessing, you get questions like this. I can tell my salvation story in five minutes or less. I I pray for opportunities to talk to others about Jesus. I regularly invite people to church. I can present the steps of salvation confidently. I've led someone to the Lord this past year. I mean, under each of those areas of growth to say, are you growing in this area? Have you become maybe stagnant in the area? And and this isn't to judge anyone. It's really just to help us to see where's an area of of weakness in my life because we're all at different places. And rather than us as a church um, do a one-size-fits-all, this will allow you to look and as you assess yourself to realize, man, I'm really weak in this. I don't know the Bible like I really should know the Bible. And so the next step would be then, how do, what do I do? That's the step, second phase. We'll do an assessment tool and then a resource menu. The resource menu will list under each of those areas, like the Bible, a number of different resources that you can tap into, like teachings from the pastors here, um, testimonies of people and how God has worked in their life, um, reading plans, online resources, hands-on opportunities that we provide as a church, maybe classes we're providing as a church, any number of resources. And the beauty of that is we can continually add to that over the period of time. And, and you get to, to look at your own areas of growth and determine how you want to grow and what pace you want to grow. And so one of the things we've, we've been concerned about is we have people who come here for a season, say if they're the military, and they find the Lord, they start to grow, and then three years are up, they're going to get transferred to another state. And we feel like we've lost that person, we have no more contact. This will allow us to continue to disciple people as they move on beyond Pikes Peak Christian Church. If they don't find another significant church to connect to, we can continue to be the church for them. And you can determine how you want to grow, at what pace. If you want to grow in two, three, four areas, and you're really eager, you can do that. But if you just want to focus on one, I want to grow in this one area of my life this year, you can do that. We want to come along beside you and help you. So I'm going to ask you today to do three things. One is, if you're a member, you got that little card, a ballot, I'd ask that you approve our budget for 2018 as we go forward and approve the nomination of Dan Cashin to come back once again as an elder within our church. We need Dan. We've got a great group of elders, as I said. And, um, and our staff and elders put together a great budget for 2018. Second thing I would ask you to do is, is to pray. Now, this is a different service. We only do this once a year. It's very different than our normal service. But I share with you a ton of things. Pastor Sam shared with you a, a lot of things to give you things to pray over. You, now you know how to pray for our elders, for our staff, for the different ministries in the church. You know how to pray for us. Pray in your daily prayers for your church, Pikes Peak Christian Church. And then when you do this, would you seek to grow Would you seek yourself, no matter what age you are, no matter how long you've been a Christian, would you say to the Lord, Lord, grow me, stretch me, help me to grow. I don't want to become stagnant. I want to to seize all the things you have for me in my life. Would you seek to grow me? Three things. 
ask of each of you to do.